Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And look, there's about 40 days left in the legislative session. I have to at least note that we're recording a portion of this show on April 21st. We like to call that San Jacinto Day in here in the state of Texas. And if you've heard the show before, I don't think I've got to say this as much as I'd like to. I like to say that I grew up under the shadow of the San Jacinto Monument in the greater Houston area, close to the ship channel, not too far from the Deer Park and Laporte area where the San Jacinto Monument is located, where victory was won for the state of Texas. And you know, look, the Alamo gets a lot of attention. I get it. But we lost there. We won at San Jacinto. All right. This is not a Texas history show. Nonetheless, the state of Texas is in the news for a lot of other reasons because things are heating up at the state capitol. As I mentioned, less than 40 days or about 40 days left in the legislative session. Ladies and gentlemen, this is when a lot of stuff gets done. And that's why you gotta be there every day like we are at Texas Values. We have a member of our team there every day of the legislative session, all 140 days. And a lot of times that gives us an opportunity to support the good people that are protecting faith, family, and freedom. And that helps me segue to our guest, today on the Texas Values Report, and that's State Representative Matt Krause. He represents House District 93. He's in his fifth session at the Texas Capitol, and there's no question, when it comes to faith, family, and freedom, Chairman Representative, Chairman Matt Krause is certainly one of those leaders. You'll remember last session, he led the effort for the Religious Freedom Bill, the Save Chick-fil-A law. Welcome back to the Texas Values Report, Representative Krause. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Always appreciate it. Well, look, you know, as I mentioned, not a whole lot of time left, but certainly enough time to get some things done. And last week, there was a very important hearing. And there's a variety of things happening at the Capitol. Go to our website, txvalues.org, to get updates. But I want to focus this segment, I know you just got a little bit of time, on a very key issue that you care a lot about. This is House Bill 1399. And this is an important issue for families, for children, because for too long, we've seen these concerns with nothing in place to protect, to have accountability or checks on the process where children, and these are children that are being pushed through gender modification services, uh, surgeries, excuse me, having their bodies altered and changed, oftentimes with no ability to reverse, certainly a lot of times later down the road, a lot of concerns about their well-being. You decided not to ignore the issue, but to take it head on with House Bill 1399. Tell us a little bit about this bill and why it's so important. Yeah, and and, uh, House Bill 1399 is a bill that would restrict or prohibit the uh, gender modification surgeries, but not only the surgeries, but the hormones and the different procedures for anybody under 18. And the more I've looked into this issue, we actually should have done something last session. Uh, And I think we all failed in getting that done because we knew it was an issue last session. We just did not get it done. So uh, I think uh, myself and other reps and senators were uh, uh, insistent on making sure that we did not let another session pass without doing something on this. And uh, I was just it just didn't seem right to me that you would do these life altering surgeries on uh, children under 18 who couldn't fully understand the ramifications of what they were doing. But I got to tell you, Jonathan, you heard it at the hearing. You were part of the hearing. Y'all were there that night, even though it was late into the night. The more we study and the more we find out uh, on this subject, 
the clearer and more convinced I am that we need to stop doing this with our kids. Uh, the long-term ramifications, the short-term ramifications, the mental health, the physical ramifications of what these surgeries and uh, hormone treatments do. It's not healthy for these kids under 18. And statistics actually show that about 85 to 90% of those with gender dysphoria, if you just kind of let the process play out, go through puberty naturally, let the process play out, most of those will end up identifying with the sex that they were born in. And so why are we doing something that could be irreversible, irreparable, and doing harm to the child physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, when if we just let everything play out, they are going to end up not needing any of these surgeries or any of these hormones, which is better for them in the long run. Well, we're talking with Chairman Matt Krause, who's the state representative that represents House District 93, the North Texas area, the Fort Worth area. And Representative Krause, I'm just, you know, because we uh, this show is also broadcasting. Your, your camera's a little bit not calibrated to what we're seeing. You'll look to the left a little bit more. I think it's... Um, with, you'll you'll be a little bit more dead on in the, at least the way we're seeing you if you still you turn just turn where you're looking to the left not the camera uh there and now a little bit more in the middle anyway we'll have some fun with this there you go now we're there dead we go. Right. okay and so uh but and look i appreciate your time because it's an important issue and the hearing did go very late it's house bill 1399 making it very clear that we're going to have some rules in place we're going to make it clear that gender modifications, surgeries, and things of that nature should not be happening on children. And there's a case going on about this issue that's been going on for quite some time in the North Texas area, where a boy is being forced to go through this transition. Uh, there's been a little bit of pause and delay on some of that. So it's not a hypothetical. It's a real problem that's been going on. And we know from the hearing that, that it's like the wild, wild west out there of so-called medicine on these issues and really no standards in place. And I think one of the interesting moments, and, and I'm going to try to, you know, restate this accurately, was when one of the leaders of the community that supports these kids going through these sometimes irreversible gender modification surgeries admitted that the surgeries in your law that, that says would no longer be allowed, that they're supposedly not, you know, encouraging kids to do that until 18. Well, then what's the problem? You know, and so, but, but I don't think there's, and I won't want to put it on that individual, but it certainly felt like not everybody was telling the truth. You know, it was almost this this mindset of, you know, we're not doing anything that's really all that of an issue, so you don't need to worry about it. And when the question was, okay, so if we make it clear that these procedures are not allowed until you're 18, what's the problem? Oh, well, but we don't want you to, we don't want to, there to be restrictions on it. Well, well, why shouldn't there be? And so I don't think everybody was being all that honest or fair about the process but it gets to the point. These are major surgeries. There are things that we don't allow children to do every day, right? You can't smoke until you're 21, uh, but we're going to allow them to change their bodies um, before 18. And so you're right, an important hearing, a lot of great testimony, but I think it further made the case of why we need to do something now on this issue. Oh, absolutely. And, and like you said, there were uh, some testimony uh, questions were asked, are we doing any of these surgeries on uh, those under 18? Uh, and the answer was unequivocally no. Well, I just did a little bit of research during the hearing when it was going on and found that there was a study out of California where they were doing what they call top shelf uh, surgeries, double mastectomies on uh, healthy girls ages 13 and 14. That is happening. 
Um, and there's been some talk that in Texas, uh, there's one of the clinics, even in Austin, that is willing to do those as well. So this isn't a hypothetical, as you said. This isn't, you know, tackling an issue that, that isn't actually happening. We should, we should not uh, allow the door to be open for any girl in Texas to have a double mastectomy at age 13 or 14, because it's not, it, it's not just what happens uh, from a physical standpoint, but as you know, later on in life, if, if they regret, and we do know that there are people who yeah. start going on these surgeries and start taking these hormones and having these surgeries, they come back later and said they wish they had not done that. There's irreparable damage uh, for fertility, for bone density, for so many areas that, that you just can't get back. So it's not a matter of turning a switch on and off. Okay, one day you're doing this, the other day you're not. And Representative Reggie Smith asked a great question on the puberty blocker uh, situation, especially they said, well, you're saying it's reversible, but are you saying, but, but you're not saying that there's no harm. And I think that is a great point that even though you can stop taking those puberty blockers doesn't mean there hasn't already been long-term damage that's happened during the time that you've been on them. Well, look, a lot of this was, hey, let's talk about the science, right? You hear some of the opposition sort of try to do that, the political left or whatever. We're going to do what the science says. Well, there was a neuroscientist that testified from the beginning and, and without question made it clear and was a part of his experience in clinical work that the most successful way to handle gender dysphoria or, or these issues that some young people deal with is psychotherapy, right? To have them in a very intensive counseling setting, which, you know, look, if something doesn't go quite right in a counseling setting, you can make adjustments, you can make, you know, modifications or whatever, as far as just your approach to it. But if you alter someone's body in a way that can't be changed later, you can't go back from that. But he, he talked about that. That has been the most successful way to help young people deal with some of these emotions and feelings they have that revolve around this issue. So why wouldn't we stick to that? And, and so and, and, and a lot of I heard people kind of saying, well, we don't really do this or maybe we do. Or we don't. A lot of you know people walking back things when they realized that there was like, wow, this is crazy if you would do these type of things or very concerning, if you will, if you would do this. And so I just don't think there's a lot of honesty around it. And if there's any area where we be, need to be honest and people need to have the truth, it's related to these kind of medical issues. Yeah. And, and you I think you hit the nail on the head right there is that. In Texas, we're not saying we don't want to help individuals uh, who are suffering with gender dysphoria, who are struggling with it. We don't want to not give them any help. We want to give them the best help that helps them have the maximum uh, emotional, mental uh, response to help them uh, deal with this issue. And time and time again, it's been shown it's not through surgery. It's not through hormones. Those don't increase the satisfaction or uh, mental health of those who are going through it. The psychotherapy is the way to go. It just reinforces you, you want to be sympathetic. You want to treat these people with respect and dignity. You want to support them. We just have to support them in the right way and not further hurt them. What House Bill 1399 does is allow Texas to have a framework where we're actually really helping and supporting these individuals dealing with this issue and not uh, allowing them to be uh, taking these irreparable steps that, that could harm them in so many ways. Yeah, and maybe in some ways taking advantage of, you know, some people that, you know, they have their own motives or they're trying to, you know, sort of back up or, you know, provide a, an environment that validates their political or ideology view instead of just looking at what's best scientifically and what the results are showing. Look, I know you got a tight schedule today. State Representative Matt Krause, representative of House District 93, the author of House Bill 1399, which makes it clear we're going to have standards in place. 
and there's going to be restrictions for these gender modification surgeries for children that people have been asking for. That is one way that our representatives like Matt Krause are listening to the people and making a difference in our Texas capital. So Representative Krause, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you. And I did want to say a huge thanks to Representative Steve Toth, Representative Tom Oliverson, Representative Cole Hefner, Representative Stephanie Click, and others who've been instrumental in getting this bill into committee, out of committee, and now it's waiting for a date and calendars. But there are a lot of Texas reps that are doing a lot of work on this, and, and they need to be congratulated as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll have more updates on our social media channels and our website at Texas Values, where we protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. Hey, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan Signs here. Great to have State Representative Matt Krause on for a little bit to talk about House Bill 1399. You know, when I talk to people about this issue and tell them what's going on in Texas, that there's a real case where a parent is trying to force their child to go through a gender transition and possibly have, you know, alterations, because that's what you hear about when you hear about these issues, right? There, there's surgeries that can take place. There's drugs that can be used, things that happen that are irreversible. You know what they say to me? Like, without me even prompting them, I don't even say, what do you think? I mention the topic and they say, that's child abuse. And, and, and what's striking to me is that I've never on my own suggested that to someone or said, do you think that's child abuse? They always say it like instinctively. I mean, it's it's striking that that, that, that happens. And, and so, but- there is real issues going on here. And, and look, I'm not a guy who thinks legislation can solve everything. That might surprise you, right? In the role we do, the work we do in law and policy, you know, people probably think we, you know, we, we're up at night thinking, how can I write a law to solve every problem? That's not my view. I mean, I, I'm a limited government guy too, still, but I acknowledge that the government does have a role in their times when it is necessary, typically when it relates to protecting someone, Right protecting people from making decisions. This was brought up in the hearing. The smoking age was raised from 18 to 21, right? We have laws in place where we say, even if you think you've got the freedom to do it, even if it, you know, doesn't so, you know, necessarily kill you right away, over time, it's not a good idea. So we say, you're probably not well-informed enough to make that decision until you get much older, right? And look, hey, transparency, I used to smoke right? It wasn't very smart for me to do that at a young age. I wished I never would have started. And thank God I was able to quit at some point. And that's been quite some time. But the testimony that day at the hearing on House Bill 1399 was absolutely extraordinary. If you haven't seen the video, maybe we can post a link to it. In very telling, the medical community, so to speak, on this issue that supports these gender transitions for minors, they have absolutely no idea what's really going on and where the medicine's going to lead to and the impact it's going to have on people. It seems like a total guessing game. There was one person that testified early on, a psychotherapist. We talked about this to Matt Krause, right? And he said that psychotherapy is a neuro, neuro excuse me, neuroscientist. That psychotherapy, which might sound like, oh, that sounds kind of weird. No, that just means talking with a counselor, coming up with creative ideas. This is what people do day in and day out, right? Psychotherapy is when you go talk to a counselor about what you're thinking in your mind and how it's impacting your actions, trying to sort through why you feel a certain way. That has been what's been most effective 
for families and for young people dealing with gender dysphoria, dealing with feelings that they were born a boy, but they feel like they're, you know, in a girl's body or however they want to phrase it, not making changes to their body that could be irreversible or putting drugs or doing things to them uh, that could be harmful for them later on. So House Bill 1399, we're, we're glad it's moving forward. Still a lot of work to do on that issue. And, you know, these issues sort of relate to what's going on in sports. We had a big hearing this week on the Save Women's Sports Bill. That's House Bill 44, excuse me, 4042. In the Senate, it's Senate Bill 29. That Senate Bill 29 has already passed the Senate. But you got to get the same thing done in the House. House Bill 4042 is an identical bill, which means if it moves through the House process, it can sort of take the place of what the Senate version have to do. So it was a hearing on that. We had some incredible speakers, national movement leader, Beth Stelzer from Save Women's Sports. She's testified in close to 12 states. There's 30 different states considering legislation like this, which is just real simple. Biological boys do not compete in girls sports. And you've got to have a birth certificate that relates to, to that was the one used when you were born. That's what you go by to decide what sport you play in. And there are biological boys that are playing and competing in girls sports and it's having a negative impact. Had a tremendous hearing on that. Dozens of people came forward testifying in support of the bill. Of course, there was opposition. But the story is, according to the Houston Chronicle, there's a majority of Republicans on the Public Education Committee in the House. But the Chronicle is reporting that Dan Huberty doesn't support the bill. And that's why it's not moving out of public education in the House. It's going to be real important to see what happens he represents a very conservative area of the Houston area, Kingwood area. So I would imagine the constituents in his district uh, would not be on the same side of him with this issue. We'll see what happens there, but that's what's going on. Not to lose sight, heartbeat bill moving forward. Senate Bill 8 uh, could be something that's voted on by the House floor very soon. Could be just about towards the end of the process for that bill. Uh, that could be very exciting. Tremendous, important piece of legislation and something that both chambers see, the House and the Senate see as a priority. And so I'm just looking at where it is on my phone. It's out of committee. We're waiting it for, for it to go to the floor. And uh, that could be coming up very soon. It was budget week at the state capitol. Uh, the budget was passed. A lot of amendments that try to get put on 300. We were able to kill or, or um, create enough opposition to just about all the bad amendments there were a couple of good ones that never got a vote, which was disappointing, but at least uh, the one, the bad ones uh, got pushed to the to the wayside as well. We've got a great event coming up next week. Um, I'm getting a note from my team that one of the amendments that passed was $20 million added to the alternatives to abortion fund, making it clear there are options. Women have options. They don't have to have an abortion. And when they choose that option for life, they're going to have support to back them up. And that's through the alternatives to abortion program in the state of Texas that's been going on for quite some time. Thank you, Chairman Matt Krause, who was our guest this week on the Texas Values Report. But we're not done. A lot of work left to do, but only 34, 35 days maybe or so left in the session once we hit Monday. Um, freedom to worship bill still needs to get done in the Senate, even though it already passed the Senate once. I want to get into the details of why that's the case. Still work to do on that issue several other pieces of legislation that we're involved in. We're going to put up a new page so you can start following along. So you're like this, that, what's going where? And, and we'll be able to kind of um, give you real-time updates on that. But things are starting to come into focus more. It's getting funneled down to a small amount of bills. That also means you got to watch out for the bad stuff. 
we located or, or identified a bad bill, House Bill 4139 by Garnett Coleman. You're going to hear us talk about more. This is an LGBT and pro-abortion priority bill that just didn't quite seem that way until we took a closer look. Uh, but we need your financial support as we get towards the end of the month, close to the end of April txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. If you're in the Collin County area, we're going to have a breakfast event. I'm going to be there in person. I won't just be behind the screen or the microphone. You can meet me in person. I'm a real person. There's some still tickets left for that, $15. That's in Allen, Texas. Check Facebook. Check our website for events. That's a breakfast brief in Allen, Texas, the Collin County area, where I will be on Tuesday, April 27th. Um, we're going to have some more events coming up in San Antonio and Houston. And so, look, um, you know, th- there's a lot going on at the legislature, and that's not all the work we do. But that is a big part of the work we do. We've also got a new program called the Church Ambassador Network. This is a way for faith leaders to help restore respect for churches and our faith with government. It also includes going to the Capitol, meeting elected officials, and not lobbying them, but just praying with them, building relationship with them, making the case clear that churches are essential by showing the value and the worth that they bring in spending time with them. Whether they're Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. The focus is about prayer and about bringing the word of God and the presence of God into our state capitol and other halls of government. It's a big article out a couple of weeks ago. I didn't really get to touch on it. Carol ISD, wow. This is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. South Lake is the big high school out there in Carroll ISD. That school district is in big trouble, okay? We put the pressure on them last year when they tried to pass an LGBT-focused policy that also had some other controversial school policy issues in there. And then a lawsuit was filed because some people felt like the Open Meetings Act violations took place in the process of them trying to push this new policy. I wasn't all that surprised by it. Because during the public policy hearings and the school board hearings, several of the members of the school board were saying, wait a minute, I'm about to vote on this. I've never seen it before. While other school board members were saying, we've been working on this for two or three years. You know, why do we have to wait longer to pass it? Well, a couple of those members of the school board are now either under arrest or they've been indicted. Okay. Somebody might be going to jail. It's gotten real serious there in Carroll ISD. But as a result of that, this bad LGBT policy Uh, CCAP, I forget the letters that they're using for it, is again on hold. A judge has ordered that it be on hold. Because look, if you you violate Open Meetings Act when you're uh, trying to pass uh, government policy, you don't get to implement that policy. I mean, you you can't operate by a different set of rules uh, and, and essentially cheat in order to get something passed. And it looks like that's what happened. The cultural competence action plan, CCAP, is what it's being called, got picked up by national news. Yahoo News and some other news sources. The reason I know that is we have a tracking service that was like, hey, basically y'all are on fire this week. Your story's all over the place. But a lot of great friends in the South Lake and Carroll area that helped us get that, um, you know, a lot of pushback. But that's not over. All right. Local elections, they're happening right now. I just got a couple of minutes left. I live in Cedar Park, Leander, Plano, San Antonio, If you go to freevotersguide.com, we've got a, really for the first time, a local election voter guide. Now, it's not comprehensive because I lost track of how many thousands of cities there are in the state of Texas. But some of the big ones we do have included. That school board 
that's city council. And you may forget because of last year, May is usually when your local elections take place. There's about a week or so of early voting. That's what we're in the middle of right now. But May 1st, and maybe it's two weeks of early voting, uh, May 1st, I believe, is the main election day. So you don't want to lose sight of that, all right? You want to make a difference in your local community, right, where you live, where your kids go to school. you got to vote in these local elections. And I'm sorry to break it to you, but they're working on these issues, as I just mentioned with Carol ISD. They're talking about sexuality, about abortion, you know, uh, challenging people's Christian faith. It troubles me so much that that's what some government leaders are doing. But part of that is because people are not going out and voting their values. And these folks that don't agree with our values are using their government power, even at the local level, to do some serious damage. So check out freevotersguide.com so you can find out if we've covered the local election in your area. And we're just about out of time. But again, if you see value in the work we do, continue, excuse me, consider supporting us with a tax deductible donation. I know tax day's gotten moved back a month or so. So maybe you're still thinking about where you're putting your money. Our budget's about 1.3 million. We still have money to raise before the end of June, but particularly the end of this month. All right. That's how we get things done. We've got about 12 people that are doing work for us. And I think there's a tremendous return on the investment. I think this is one of the best places that you can make a difference for faith family and freedom in Texas. And look, honestly, I think it's the best place that you can give to make a difference for faith, family, and freedom. And that's because it's the group that I lead and I see it every day. If I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't be here one day more, but I believe it without question. And I'm sold out to it too. And I hope you will as well. Go to txvalues.org, make a tax deductible donation today. You can help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report. 